You are listening to the Six Figure Freelancer audio course brought to you by Antco from Fiverr. We interview top professionals who share their exact formulas for success in starting, growing, and maintaining a six-figure freelance career. And I'm your host, Juan Felipe Campos. Okay, freelance masterminds, remember, on every episode of the audio course, there's a giveaway of digital goods or resources from our partners that other people don't have access to. To get your audio course resources, subscribe to the audio course on iTunes and then visit and.co slash resources. Again, that's and.co slash resources to access your digital goods. Let's hear more from him on this episode of the Six Figure Freelancer audio course. Dane, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure, Juan. Thank you for having me. Dane, you certainly know something about starting, growing, and maintaining a six-figure income as a freelancer that most of us don't. Can you walk us a little bit through how you think about being a freelancer and the difference between being a freelancer and maybe some other career options? Yeah, well, the first thing I'd say, this one's pretty easy, um, a huge influence in my life, especially in the last decade, uh, and on several people, you know, to several million people actually, is Seth Godin. And um, one thing that Seth taught me early was to make the right decision on the front end of, the, of my relationship with business. So what I mean by that is um, there's kind of two categories. If you really want to break down people who are in business and you're trying to make money at it, you're, you're probably either a freelancer or you're an entrepreneur. And what I take that to mean is a freelancer, is a, it's a high calling, it's a cool job. Um, and you're basically trading in your time and talent in for money. That's the model. Uh, and there's some implications to that model, which I'll talk about in a second. Uh, the other option is you're an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur, in that case, you're building a business that's bigger than you. You're building for scale. So a freelancer is non-scale, entrepreneur is scale. At this point, most people are at home thinking like, okay, well, scale's the right answer. I guess I have to be an entrepreneur if I really want to be legit. And that's not true. You could be a freelancer and you can make six figures and you can, you can crush it uh, if you follow the rules of freelancing. If you follow the rules of entrepreneurship, when you're actually a freelancer, you'll, get, you'll really hurt yourself. It could be really painful. On the flip side, you can certainly make six figures as an entrepreneur if you play by the entrepreneur rules where you're, you're building to scale. And if you do that, um, you, can, you can do well. It's, it's higher risk, higher return, uh, but it's a different kind of game. And the way I think about it, and, and at this point, I'm, I'm veering away to my ideas, not just Seth. So anything I say that's dumb, uh, cite me if and it's smart you can cite <laughs> Seth. But um, I, the way I think about it in my experience as a, as a freelancer, so I was a photographer for 12 years and uh, um, was really fortunate and, and uh, was really grateful that I knew that's what I was doing. I was trading my time and talent for money. And it turns out the only way to make more money when you can't scale beyond yourself is to charge more per hour. 
that's, that's really all you can do. So if that's the case, especially in the market that we're in, that's super saturated and there's always competition around you, you have to differentiate. So the way I think about it is your, your rules of thumb as a freelancer are to customize and charge like crazy. Cu- customize, differentiate, do whatever you can to make a unique value proposition offer as a talent and where you're standing out from the crowd, that's your whole job. And in that standing out, you need to have your price match that value. And, and now people get really stuck here. It's really tough as a freelancer, and we could have a whole conversation just around pricing, uh, but people get really stuck when they go, okay, what if I'm uh, overcharging or what would my colleagues think? Or, um, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not quite there yet. Like I, have, I look at these other people who are charging more, but I have such admiration for them. All those conversations are not resourceful. You should be asking the question, what will the people that I'm creating value for value this thing at and charge less than that than that value. <laughs> and as long as they know they're getting a bargain, even if you're charging a premium price, they'll pay for it. So that's a quick rule of thumb on the freelancer. Your job is to customize and to charge. On the entrepreneur side, if you're building a scaling business, in that context, you actually want to standardize and scale. And what I mean by that is you want to create a very consistent experience, whether you're selling a service or a product, you want people to go, oh, this is really cool. I've been surprised. I de- I'm delighting in this thing. And it's so cool. They've even built into the product or service an easy way for me to tell my friends about it. And when that happens, it scales. So as long as you have a consistent, extraordinary experience with whatever you're selling, and they can easily share it with others when you're not around, then you've cracked You've, you've cracked the code for what it takes to scale a business. Now, I'm speaking philosophically in all these ideas, but these are really important because if you get caught in the reverse position where you're trying to scale something um, when you, there's no chance of it ever scaling, you're going to have a real hard time. And, and you're trying to standardize and you're trying to make it really easy for people to share all the time. But if you're a unique value that people want, you want people to charge a lot of money for, you actually need to position in the marketplace so that you're not going to be uh, quite so easily handed around. Um, and because then people will pay a premium to have access to you. Uh, it's a status issue. Uh, but on the other side of it, when you're relating with a, a scale business, you want to make it really simple for people to get access to it uh, and really consistent in the deliverable. And that's what will make something uh, uh, shareable and scalable quickly. And to make sure that I really understand the difference between freelancer and entrepreneur, the way you're distinguishing this, which, by the way, I think is genius and something that we're not honest enough with ourselves That's right. early on in our freelance careers, you know, a, a lot of freelancers. I understand the consistent, extraordinary experience with a way for your customers to refer your services when you're not there for entrepreneurs, but I think that's probably also very relevant for freelancers, right? So how do we f- even further distinguish the entrepreneur bucket from the freelance bucket? Is it, is it processes? Is it the fact that you can hire more people? What, it, what exactly makes one thing one thing and the other one the other? It's probably the talent. So if you're the primary talent in an entrepreneurial venture, uh, you're in trouble. Uh, if you're the owner and you're the talent, you're probably more freelancer than you think because you're creating a bottleneck for yourself. In contrast, uh, if you're, I, this is where I, I, I'm really struck by folks who are really talented and are actually making a, an amazing per hour rate, but they're somehow dissatisfied because they're, um, they see other people who are in scaling businesses working less hard but getting a bigger return. Well, that's because they're not around when the transaction is happening. Uh, they've built a business that will work when they're not there. Um, but if you're the talent and, and you're charging a lot per hour 
it's you you get, you kind of have to be there. And now there are people who create little hacks to to kind of give the impression of being there or uh, create levels so that they're, you're getting slight touches but still kind of an experience of a you know access, uh, and that's and that's fine. Um, there's kind of maybe a partial scaling that might go on for a freelancer in that regard, but there are limits. And every every freelancer who's kind of made it that I know come up against a scaling problem, which is why they they do things like sell books because that scales, create courses online because that scales, do coaching and those kinds of things that scale. But if you're like a public speaker, and you're and you're a fantastic public speaker, you're still you have to be on that stage to deliver. So you want to position yourself in the marketplace to charge a big rate because that's how you get paid. Uh, it's the only way to, right. to, to have it increase. Before we continue with this episode, I wanted to quickly tell you a bit about Antco from Fiverr. It's software to run your business with everything from invoicing, payments, time tracking, task management, and even freelance contracts and proposals. Get started by visiting and.co. Now on to the episode. So let's focus on the freelancing part of this conversation, seeing Great. as most of our audience are either designers, marketers, yes. developers. We, we see people typically gravitate to like one of those three buckets. Um, how do we make sure that we can increase our prices as freelancers? And, and this question isn't just coming from a practical, um, or like this question is coming from a practical dividing up of the time. So mm-hmm. if you were an early, early, early stage found. Uh, freelancer that's about to get started with their freelance career and they're wondering how do I divide my time to make sure that I'm on track to eventually hit six figures as a freelancer mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you have for them yeah so this is a great place where I think a lot of freelancers that I talk with um, if they do, if they have think about how many transactions you need to have in a year as a freelancer to be successful so let's say your rate is for for napkin math like a thousand dollars of customer in a year and you want to make a hundred thousand dollars in a year well, no, it's not complicated. You need 100 customers. And then you go, okay, if I need 100 customers and my close rate is, say, one in, again, easy math, we'll say one in five. So if I want 1,000 customers or then, and, I need, and I have to have five conversations to get one customer that'll hit, well, then I need, sorry, I'm getting my math wrong already. This is how bad my napkin math is. How do I, how many do I need? $1,000, 100 people. If I get if I close one in five, then I need five hundred leads to get one hundred customers to make a hundred grand. Does that math make right. sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if, that means I only have to have five hundred serious conversations in a year. That's not very many conversations. And some people think, oh man, I got to get all these tools and devices and systems, and and they're paying more per month uh, all over the place to have all these kind of scalable tools to work when in truth you can make two calls a day uh you know you you can have two conversations it's it's not it's just a commitment and right i think that until you have i learned this from jeff goins if until you have like a thousand people or more that you have to deal with in a year uh you don't really have much need to do much outside of as close to in-person conversation and connection as you possibly can do and that might sound like a big number for folks but where you want to locate yourself in the early days is as close to the customer and as regularly as possible, where they're experiencing your value in person. And then once you, once you get beyond those bigger numbers, then you have some other things you have to, to deal with. But those are wonderful problems to have. Right. Yeah, and they'll be welcome when you have them. But I love that. At the beginning, it is more about building that intimacy, that network, that relationship. And we distance ourselves from the ability to do that. And we use the internet to... Uh, allow hide. us to be no, less human to, hu- to hide. And hide. 
to hide. Yeah. And, and this exactly. is why this, this, this first point I think is so important is because if you think you're trying to build, if you're not clear, am I an entrepreneur or a freelancer? Am, am I scaling or not scaling? You get caught in the middle. And all of a sudden you're like, you don't really know, it's not purposeful why you're getting a certain tool or another expense or a piece of gear or whatever. And it's like, even before we went on the air, we were talking about podcasting and how, you know, gosh, what do you really need? Well, you probably need your iPhone if you want to get started. People yeah. will put up with, with, um, with low-grade stuff, if the conversation is fascinating and the person is compelling yeah. and inspiring, and then and then you get a little mic that you plug into the iPhone, and then you get a better setup, and then you get a studio, and and it's awesome. But don't get ahead of your skis, man. Like work with the if you're trading your time and talent for money, people are paying for your time and your talent. So give them that right. access. And, and, and the other game, it's a different game. That's when you have to get your talent out of you onto things like other people and manuals and processes and systems. And that's where you scale. I love that. So it's about being honest and just calling it what it is. If you're that's on right. track to be a freelancer, then listen to all the podcasts, read all the books, and just become an expert at just that one discipline instead of calling it freelancing, but studying entrepreneurship. And then, like you're saying, you get caught in this limbo where you're, not able to successfully do either of the two. Right. Yeah, that, that, that middle is um, a lot of people spend a lot of time and money. And I, I mean, I, I, in a sense, it's, it's almost unavoidable because everyone tries a bunch of stuff. At least in my experience, pointing back to Seth, he, he's the guy that said there aren't any shortcuts. He's the first guy I ever heard say it. And, and I, I, I knew that was true, but I didn't want to believe him. So I just tried a bunch of things and turned out he, he was right. There actually aren't many shortcuts. Uh, it requires, the long cut is the new black. Like it, the long cut gets you there much more efficiently than, um, than trying to hack your way uh, to success. Amazing. So let's do a recap of this episode because this has been super valuable. Dane was very influenced by Seth Godin who taught him to make the right decision on the front end in your relationship with business. So you have to decide whether you're going to be a freelancer or an entrepreneur and they have both their pros and cons. In the case of freelancers, you're trading your time and talent for money. In the case of entrepreneurship, you're building a business that's bigger than you, you know, by definition. And it, as a freelancer, you can't scale, which is a, one of the cons. And as an entrepreneur, you can scale. And, but in both of them, you can crush it and make six figures if you follow the rules of each one of them intentionally. So the only way to make more money as a freelancer when you can't add more hours is to start increasing your prices. And that is the rule for being successful as a freelancer. And you're able to do that if you customize, if you differentiate so you can stand out from the crowd. And you just constantly ask yourself, what would the people that I'm bringing value for value my service at? And then you just price yourself below that value. As an entrepreneur, you do it things differently. You're focused on scaling, on creating a lot of processes so that you can remove yourself from the relationship and make sure that other people can do the job better than you. And it's about creating a consistent, extraordinary experience with a way for your delighted customers to then be able to refer your services even when you're not around. Really, if you're the owner and you're the talent, you are a freelancer, not an entrepreneur. And that is something that is very important for us to remember. The long cut is the shortcut. Okay, freelance masterminds, do not forget to pick up your digital resources from this episode. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, visit and.co slash resources. 
subscribe on iTunes, and then visit and.co slash resources to get your digital goods. See you on the next one. With this, I just want to thank you so much, Dane, for coming on the show. As you continue to grow and take your career forward, where is the best place for people to stay in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing, and learn more awesome content from you? You know, I, I, th- I love the question. I love your articulation, man. I, well, we say this all the time because we're friends, but I, I'm so impressed with your capacity to take in a lot of information and make it so succinct. I know your listeners are so grateful for what you create for them. So amazing job. Um, Thank you, I, I'm at danesanders.com. It's easy to find me. Um, I'm kind of at Dane Sanders everywhere. But, um, but what I think would be more helpful for your audience isn't to come track me down, but more um, we have a community of people that take these ideas so seriously and are working together collaboratively to do this. And it's called FasterMind.co with an F and no M. So FasterMind.co. And if, if, if being around a community like this where we're taking these ideas and want to go further with it and practical under the hood with your business with accountability and learning and content and real community uh, and, and you plus Starbucks plus a laptop is a little overrated, come hang out with us for a bit and uh, I think you might, you might find some new friends. Amazing. Dane, thank you so much again for coming on the show, sharing all this with us. Thank you, Juan. <laughs>